Anime Pulse, episode 631. again to bring you more anime reviews, news, and just shooting the shit in general. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew. Season's greetings. Yes, we are coming up upon the tis the time. Mm-hmm. The jolly uh, season. Indeed. The, the gift-giving season, as it were. Mm-hmm. In fact, we should probably... Yes, we should probably actually mention it that uh, if y'all want to tune into something super special, something something we've never ah. done here, a first for Anime Pulse, hopefully, because it'll depend upon whether or not Vic gets his, um, next week on Anime Pulse, on the, ah. what is it, going to be the 22nd? Yes, the 22nd. The uh-huh. Sunday before Christmas, we will be doing a live unboxing of a present between myself and Vic. Or Vic. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, Vic. Andrew. So, Andrew. Yeah, either, uh, way. either works. So, you'll be opening up a gift I purchased for you, and I'll be opening up a gift that you purchased for me, which I have confirmed is from you. I don't know what it is, nice. but my father... And his girlfriend got all worried because it kept, you know, the package said, for, or current resident. And we didn't know who it was from. So my dad opened up the package in the bathroom. <laughs> and then he's like, it's podcast related. And I was like, okay, cool. And so <laughs> I, okay, he gets, I taped it I back up. I think it's up. very obvious. Yeah. And then I, nope. uh, I put, it, uh, put it over there with some gifts that I'll be handing out uh, near Christmas. Mm. So I will be opening that one up and you'll be opening up mine whenever it gets to you. And... We'll have our reactions yeah. recorded live. Ho ho! Yeah, we'll have a little mini Christmas opening of our own, a little early celebration to kind of get us into the spirit. So it'll be nice. Yes, while we're drinking spirits. Oh yeah, yeah. That's 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 not standard. <laughs> that's a given. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even it doesn't even need to be Christmas for that to be the case. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Hmm. Well. I say we get into it with today's show, starting us off with our IRL news. And I uh, guess I'll uh, go first, as I usually happen to do. Yep. All right. Well, there's not much to say about this week. Work's been work. Um... I am thinking about this coming week staying late every single day, or at least trying to stay later or maybe do some overtime, because I already do overtime in the morning. When I get to work, I clock in usually 30 minutes to 40 minutes early. I'm going to try to get there at least an hour early this whole week, and I might stay an hour later, just because I don't want to take my five-day vacation, which is technically two days off of work, because... Um, work is open still during 
the Monday and the Tuesday before Christmas. Christmas were closed, and then the Thursday and Friday after Christmas, because Christmas was on a Wednesday, thank you, calendar, um, that will be open back up. So I will have from that Saturday until Christmas, until after Christmas, to have off, and there'll still be two days I have off. And I don't want to come back to a Mount Chiliad amount of paperwork, so I might stay late some days. Hmm. Uh, I've been playing some more Fake Grand Order, and the oh, yeah. summoning banner for the uh, Abigail and the Queen of Sheba came up, and I rolled my dice, and I was able to land both of them. I got one Abigail. Mm-hmm. I got two Queen Shebas. I got one Karma, or yeah, Kama, Krama, Rama. I got one Rama. Um, let's see here. I got the Trap Saber Dude, um, Shivlin de Noise. It's an English guy, English girl, whichever one that is. Uh-huh. Uh, I think, oh, I got another Hercules, <laughs> and did I get any other characters, any other important ones? Oh, I got some really cool crafting assistants, too, like, okay. uh, Demonic Buddha Vesta, that's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. So, all in all, it wasn't bad, I spent all of my Saints Quartz that I've saved up and all of my summoning tickets. Um, I actually got the Abigail and my first chocolate uh, fox caster girl within the first uh, 60 quarts I spent, but I wasn't satisfied with that. I was like, I want Abigail uh, Noble Phantasm level 2. I didn't Uh get that, but I did get Noble Phantasm level 2 for the caster chick, so huzzah for that, Hmm. I guess. I still think her Noble Phantasm is kind of weak, with the three enigmas, but, you know, as a character herself, I do appreciate she's all about the money. Yeah, yeah we can all relate to that in some ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, anything else? Anything else? Uh, I got volume four of Comey Can't Communicate, sitting over here oh. on my desk, gotta read it at yep. some point. The official, official copy, right here. Nice. And I got my sister... The last person I had to get a Christmas present, my little sister, I finally mm. got her a present. It's on the way. Um, I ended up doing like a funny Home Alone kind of thing. So I bought her a soap gift box. She doesn't listen to podcasts, so she won't know. Um, and ah, in good. the receipt for it, or like the t- the card, I put Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Yeah. I like the reference. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, I've also bought her a lint chocolate box, which is this gigantic chocolate box full of like a selection of, I think it was called like Swedish, the Swedish selection, which is like supposed to be like high tier lint chocolate, which lint oh, is, nice. mm, it's good. And yeah, I like lint chocolate. Mm-hmm. then and I ended that one with and a happy new year's. So, you know, and home alone with like the dude who shoots a gun. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Merry yeah, Christmas, you filthy animal. Mm-hmm. And a happy new year. Mm-hmm. Still mm. a classic. 
Well, controversially, mm-hmm. eh, I actually personally prefer the second film to the first film, which I know that's a very unpopular opinion. But, you know. Really? I actually like the second film better than the first film as well, because... Oh, there we go then. I just think yeah, the, the, second like, the one, traps and stuff by the he, end, the, the climax is a lot better to me. But Yeah, the second uh, one, I he know, goes to New York City, to right? New York. Yeah, he goes to New York. I prefer that one to the first one. It's got Tim And Curry no one likes it. the third one. No, we don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about that. Oh, God. The third one. I mean, what third one? That doesn't exist. What? I'd love it if they made that. You know, it's crazy, like, how many of these, um, actually good Christmas, some, some of these fun, good Christmas films get, like, sequels we've never heard of. Did you know, like, you know what Jingle All The Way is, right? With Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. They made a sequel to that, and I only found out about that this year, but it doesn't have Arnold in it, which is why I've never heard of it. What? There's actually, there's actually a Jingle All The Way too. Yeah. I just don't Wait, know why. Is it like his character again, or is it someone else? No, I don't think it's related at all. They just—it just has—it's just, has, just a sequel in name only. I think that's weird. It's Christmas themed, but yeah, yeah, I never checked it out. But there is actually a jingle all the way too. I'm like, why, why, why would you do this if you don't have Arnold? You know, of course he's not gonna do it, but you know, <laughs> yeah. maybe it's someone will actually time. It's actually good. <laughs> it's turbo time. Also, who can forget? Put that cookie down. <laughs> that's the best that's the best put the cookie down <laughs> no put that cookie what do you do with my cookies oh that's great uh the kid the him and the kindergartner uh oh kindergarten cop oh just, my like, god these classic arnold films man it's not cancer uh, it's not a tumor it's not a tumor it's oh, not a tumor so great Oh, I love that film. I want to watch that again now. So now I just have a, like an urge to watch like just a bunch of Arnold films back to back now. Thanks. <laughs> like, oh, the classic. What was it where he's like, or like, hmm? there's he's fighting against this guy and like the guy's like, like this green beret is going to kick your ass. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger says, uh, like, uh huh, I eat green berets for breakfast, and right now I'm very hungry. Oh, I, d- I don't know which one that is. Oh. It's like- any, any any other Arnold official? It sounds familiar, but I don't know which one you're referencing there. I know he kills ah. the dude, and he like throws him against a steam pipe, and he's like, "Let's put oh! some steam, Bennett." That's that's Commando. You're talking about Commando. <laughs> that's also an amazing one. I love Commando. <laughs> yes. Oh. oh that's, yeah. He has such that's like, some great one-liners. Just like they are. What killed the, the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Yes. <laughs> He he really makes that Batman and Robin movie just because he's having so much fun, you yeah. know. You can tell he really enjoys being Mister Freeze. And tonight's you know, forecast: a freeze is in effect. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Uh, he's like a kid in a toy shop, you know. He's just enjoying himself in that movie. And um, what's his name? It, it, it works for something because you know before that movie, Mister Freeze was like a boring, bland like Batman villain. But then from that point onwards, all the Batman stories have the whole story about him and his wife that's frozen and stuff, you know? They, they yep. keep his tragic backstory from that. So they, at least one good thing came out of that film. You know, genuinely good. They adapted it for the um, the Batman animated series, and that's always been his story from then on. <laughs> well, and, and that will be the end to my IRL news. <laughs> ah, okay. I like I like the way it ended. We have a good attendance right now, by the way. It ended with a quirk. Oh my goodness! Look oh. at all the people in chat. Look at that, and it's not even like you know people that I'm really used to listening in on us live. We've got Mao now, 
Kumiria and Sigwin. I don't even know. I don't even know half these people, but it's, it's nice to have you guys around. Anyways, Mao with that pretty cool. oddly erotic gif. Oh, with them. Yeah, I don't know how you do that. Like Mao's mm. uh, profile image has like a gif in it. Nobody else can see it if they're. I get stared that all day. It just makes me happy. It's like yes, psychopathic. It's scary girls. Because it, mm. it zooms in on the eyes. It's kind of creepy, but I don't know. <laughs> And it, it even kind of animates when it's posted. But anyway, sorry, we're getting sidetracked. So that's your IRL news, yeah? Uh, yeah, that is indeed it. How about mm -hmm. yourself? Has anything, has anything crazy happened to you? Have you gotten lost in Germany again? Oh, we we Germany didn't happen. It's oh my god. That's yeah. I mean, that's partially the reason why I drink still. Um, but no, nothing quite as crazy as that. But me and you, man. We uh we we were on a little podcast yesterday. We did a little extra thing, so that's that's something worth reporting, right? Uh, oh yeah, for, we did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For those of you who don't know, uh, me and Joseph actually uh, we we had some guests around at our show two weeks ago. Uh, the f good folks from the My Favorite Anime podcast, and just yesterday at two p.m. We also, if anybody. Uh, some people were able to listen in on it live. That was Black Magic and Marina Burt. We guested on their podcast, which will be posted, I don't know when, but I will share it in the Discord when it is available. Uh, and on that show, me and Joseph talk about the first season of Shokugeki no Soma. So if you guys are interested in us being on another show, uh, that's, I think, worth, that's newsworthy-ish, I suppose, and it's still anime-related. So... Uh, yeah, it was really cool. I think it went really well, actually. Better than I thought it could have. And, um... They seem to be very happy with it, except for the fact that I was fairly uh, inebriated at the time, to the point where even though they said don't curse on the show, I think I swore like about five different you, occasions. Of all the people, you were the one who did the most swearing. <laughs> and it's funny because I, I, I told you before we started, there are some rules. Don't talk about this and don't swear. And then I swore, like, the, literally the first thing I said was, shit, I fucked it up or something like that. I, I ended up swearing straight away. But, you know, it's, it's you know, different 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 continent. You know, here it's a lot more casual. People just casually swear all the time. It's, I also become a lot more loose with my language the more alcohol I have. It's like a proportional thing, you know? But yeah. Uh, that's the main thing we're talking about. Other than that, I'm just, I'm free. Uh, the, Friday was my last day of work. So I actually don't have any, uh, days I have to be in the office for the rest of the year. So halfway through the month and I'm a, I'm a free man. I'll be oh. flying back to Scotland tomorrow. Well, well, well. Lucky mm -hmm. you. I know, I know. It's, it's, it was very unexpected. It's one of those things where, um... Typically, I wouldn't get off this early. I was actually planning to fly back on Christmas Eve, but uh, my company's doing like some cutbacks and stuff to try and save um save money. So contractors like me get off early just because the company's trying to save money. So ah, I I get what she's saying. Everybody's free in the land of the uh, brave. I don't know what how you describe America. I don't know. I, I screwed it up. Anyways, um, that was me reacting to the chat, by the way, for those of you who don't understand. <laughs> ham, ha cheeseburgers and uh, pizzas and uh, what else is American? Philly cheesesteaks? Uh, Statue of Liberty? I don't know. Um, but Lesbians, yeah. apparently, so, according to... Uh, huh? What? To After Dark. <laughs> oh, well, that's also... Or at least American. according to Pornhub, where they reported... Mm -hmm. The most viewed categories in all of America, Canada, and South America is lesbian. 
It's like, okay, I get it. Guys here suck. Girls just want to bang other girls. Yeah. Can't imagine why. That's interesting. But, but actually, <laughs> I, it's oddly enough, I don't fall in that category. Just don't find that that genre interesting. It's like yeah. I look at it and I'm just like, eh, I don't get it. It's uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like you know, you either it's you either into it or you're not, and that's kind of applies for a lot of the subject matter that After Dark in particular cover. <laughs> it's either you're into it or you're not. You know, it's not really my thing either. So I kind of I'm a, I'm in your team in that one. Um. What were we talking about? Oh, right, yeah. So, uh, I- I'm free for the holidays. I'll be flying back tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, so the rest of the shows will be done in Scotland. That's where I'll be receiving Joseph's uh, Christmas gift. So, I'm looking forward to seeing the package. Oh, um, I-, I can't wait I- to see what your I reaction. cannot possibly fathom <laughs> what it is. I don't actually... I can't even... I have, I-, I have guesses, but I'm like, nah. I don't know what it could be. So... Uh, I don't know how we're gonna do the live reaction. Do you actually want like a camera or something or? No, no, we can just record no. our voices. Just like, voices. You know, just voice. We boxes. can we yeah, can have okay. the boxes. We'll just open up the boxes right in you know right in front of us. We'll have a little pocket knife here or something, and then we'll uh-huh. just like and like I'm opening the box now and you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think that will be your reaction to mine at the very least. It might be mine <laughs> to yours, but uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe, maybe I think not. I think you'll like mine. I think you'll like mine. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, I think I will, you'll I love mine. Ooh, love. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that love is sarcastic or not. So I, I I'm very bad at detecting that. But we'll see. We'll see. Let's not spoil. Uh, so yeah, that pretty much does it for mine. I'm just, you know, free man. Looking forward to being and enjoying the holidays. You know, visiting friends. Doing all that sort of stuff. You'll hear more about it probably next week while I'm in another drunken stupor. So, mm. uh, we can now move along to the community stuff. Which is one of my favorite occasions because we actually do have some comments this week. Community. So, first of all... Community. Oh, <laughs> is, that a, is that a theme song? Is that a jingle you're working on? Is that going to be like the transition for it? Yeah, that will be our, uh, our our live theme song. I'm, I'm putting it here. Copyright that. Make sure no one can, uh, <laughs> can it, It'll be a that. really funny kind of juxtapose because like the rest of the transitions are all like music beats and like professionally recorded stuff. And then just for community, it's just you singing a little jingle with silence. <laughs> it'll be pretty funny. It just plays every time. Um, yeah. So yeah, we have a comment for episode 629, Chihaya Retry. It's a very short one. It's by Margie B, who says, You guys should invite guests more often. Really enjoyed this one. Well, I'm, uh, mm. I for one, very glad you feel that way about it. I think they were a great guest to have, you know. We have a vetting process in terms of, like, you know, talking to other people from other podcasts. They reached out to us and... Yeah, technically we didn't invite sound, but... them. They... Yeah, they, they... They reached out to us. They were like, hey, you want to do this thing? Because we don't invite people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't typically do. But, you know, out of people that we could have had guests on our show, I think they were. it was one of the best results we could have actually hoped for, actually. They were pretty cool. So, but Andrew, Andrew convinced me. He was like, the editing won't be so bad, which it kind of was. But, uh, you know, that. <laughs> it's okay. I, dealed, I dealt with it, and it, uh, it worked out pretty well. I- Altogether, I thought it was a pretty good podcast. 
Yeah, I I did not realize. I thought because there was this like one profile that was all coming through on the Discord, I thought it was just one mic, but it was actually three audio tracks. But yeah, in the end, seems to have been enjoyed. I'm very glad you enjoyed it, Margie B. You know, if you want, you should go check out our episode where we guest on their uh, their show when it comes out. I'll uh, I'll probably plug it once it's actually out out for people to listen to. Uh, so yeah, very cool. Uh, they're a nice bunch. They're, I don't know about crossovers with Anime Pulse specifically, but I am working on a potential crossover with another user on our uh, Discord called Geek Era, and that will be a Cross Pulse episode. So stay tuned if you were if you're interested in that, of course. Uh, next up, we go to the community section of forums, and there are some updates to last week's about good bad anime, which was anime that you still watch to the end despite knowing it was bad. So first up. For this week, in terms of updates, we have Margie B on the forums who says, When I started watching Skill Days, oh boy, <laughs> Skill Days. Um, I thought it was stupid, but it kept me interested to see where it was going. Then, when it climaxed, boom, a boat. What the fuck? When I see the real ending, I now and now I miss the boat ending. Skill Days was one of my most hated anime until I watched Glass Slip. Man, I hate Glass Slip. Oh, sorry. I hate, hate Glass Slip. You thought Skill Days was bad? Oh, then you've been spared, my friend. Glass Slip was my introduction to the anime where nothing happens. It was generic as fuck and nothing really happened. It was my second season back to anime and I didn't know better. Finally, Darling in the Franks was a classic pretty good anime with a stupid ending. Yeah, um, it would be a polarizing one. Uh, so, yeah, so that's some good examples of that. Um... And next up, I have to be aware of this because sometimes we actually have some responses on the actual Discord now to form topics. So first up, we have to the same topic. Uh, pu- sorry, fuck. Pumeria says, I found Divine Gate to be a ba- to be that one. As far as why, tis because I finished most anime I start, bad or good. So there's an anime called Divine Gate there. Next up from Midnight Crew, he says, I watched all of Burst Angel, a 90s style sexy action schlock show which was largely terrible, but had some u- really unique story ideas and setups, which is almost the sole reason I watched it, to- watched it because nothing else really hit home. Someone clearly wanted it to be this awesome, gory, sexy action fest, but no one on board knew how to bring that home. So, I've never heard of First Angel, but, you know, sounds bad. Uh, Yotaro Vegeta says... I can't recall any terrible series I watched all the way through, but I did watch the Tekken anime from start to finish. I'm not talking any of the recent CG ones, I'm talking Kazuya punching dinosaurs. If I'm not mistaken, there is a dinosaur boxer character in the Tekken series, so that's not entirely inaccurate. I don't know. I'm not mainly a Tekken. Tekken's not my main go-to fighting game. But anyways, next up we have Geek Era, who says, Did that have some scene where loads of bullets using their boobs? And then Midnight Crew replies with, I can't remember anymore. (laughs) I guess that was Burst Angel still. Uh, And now that brings us to this week's forum topic, which is a very classic one. A tale as old as time. A question that has plagued humanity since the advent of time itself. Who are your husbandos slash waifus and why? So, do we have any replies on the forums? Uh, Yes, Rampant AI is coming in with a few responses for waifus. He says... I guess I am. Uh, I guess I am, and have for some time been partial to uh, Motoko Kusanagi of Ghost in the Shell (SAC). I just find her sexy, smart, and super competent. So there's that. I am also taken with Tsubasa Hanakawa from the Monogatari series. 
also smart, witty, and intense. And uh, Mega Neckles, uh, Mega Neckles are hot, which would be glasses, cats, I think. I also tend to have a seasonal waifu, but they come and go. So, there you go. And then, thank you for that. Next up, we have Black Magic 4444, who says, If we're getting free picks, I'll go with Miss Midnight from My Hero Academia. He's one of the teachers, I think. Yeah. Uh, yes, I went with the 18-plus superhero for some obvious reasons, but I like how she always wants to encourage the students to go far and do better. I also want her to step on me. <laughs> I don't well, know that's, uh, that's a different type of teacher. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, <clears throat> second pick, Morgiana from Maggie or Maggie. She's a badass who keeps her buddies in check, and she's not afraid to do it with brute force. So there's that. And next up, we have third and top pick. Do I need to? Do I need to say it? It's Yuko from Triple X Holic. The sexy dimensional witch holds nice. a special place in my heart with her euphemisms and sarcastic wit. And under that, how she carries for those around her, both clients and employees. Also, she's really, really hot, which I suppose is an extra <laughs> bonus. <laughs> so there's yeah. that. Uh, thank you for those entries. And before I move on to the actual forum, uh, the actual hosts themselves, we have the Discord. Next, we have RealWay247, who is Oof. a host at After Dark, who says, Wow, you have no idea... The hell you have unleashed, Vic. Luckily for you, I have a pre-made list of fictional men and women I want to I want to fucking murder me and cuddle afterwards. This is the whole list, mind you. Uh, no separation between anime, games, and what have you. So I'm just going to blast them really quickly. <clears throat> Waifu list. Kino from Oriimo. I God, hmm. I love Sundarays. Asuna from SAO, which is mm-hmm. Sora Online. Esdef from Akagami Gakel. Enna mm. from Shukugeki. Mm. Senjo Gahara from Bakimonogatari. Mm. Sona from League of Legends. Hmm? Has this. This one's slightly longer. Walter C. Dolmes from Helsing. Shu <laughs> Iwama- Iwamine from Hatofu Boyfriend. Ignis from Final Fantasy. Uh, how do you do Roman numerals? Fuck. Uh, 15. Ardane from Final Fantasy 15 as well. <laughs> Osamu Dazai from Bungo Street Oz. Slain from Aldno Zero. Izaya from Durarara. Kuro Sensei from Assassination Class. Wait, Kuro Sensei from Assassination Class. He wants to the- be in a tentacle hentai. Oh my the goodness. Yellow- the big round circle. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. <laughs> Atachi from Persona 4. Sirius from Ikimen Revolution. And then that Western media curveball, John Marston and Red Dead Redemption. Ryoga from Ranma 1 Half. Seshumaru? Seshumaru from Inuyasha. Kaido from Yu Gi Oh! Sasori from Naruto. Kabuto from Naruto. My best friend's OC. The postman he currently holds the first C overall. Stealing my heart and vital organs for whatever he wants. Happy sigh. Uh, Jin from League of Legends. I minimized the wi- the screen for some reason. Shresh from League of Legends. Uh, two more Western media curveballs. Angel Dust from Hasbin Hotel and Alice Store from Hasbin Hotel. Oh my God! <laughs> you you put in Hasbin Hotel characters already? I get I get Alistair though. I get it. I don't know what is Hasbin Hotel. Never heard of it. What, oh my God! I will have to post the video for you. So Hasbin Hotel, just for everyone out there, just a quick preview. It is a um, it's one of those like indie animation kind of things that came out recently. Like a a pilot to it came out. Hasbun Hotel uh-huh. and uh, Devil Boss or Demon Boss or something like that. Right. Those two came out and they're kind of connected to each other, but they're both like uh, musical, like really 
pushing the edge kind of animation um, videos. They're full length episodes. Oh. Wow. Yeah. I'm surprised I never heard of it, but okay. I will I'll have to post it. Unless someone sure. else posts it before me. Yeah, yeah, possibly. I'll, I'll maybe give it a look after the show, just to kind of get a taste of what you're talking about. Uh, she finishes off with, Why do I love these people, you ask? Ha 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 ha, I hate myself. Mostly they, they are characters that I have an attachment to. Maybe their voice is beautiful or their character is deep. Maybe something about them is just really special. I know the postman won over the first seat from Walter because I have literally poured hundreds of hours into him and my character that I have made to be his boyfriend, Henry. These characters are how I express myself fictionally. There we go. Very fr very healthy. Good healthy pastime. It's nice to know you have lots of love to give to lots of characters. So Next up we have Shield Bro who says, For me and my wife who's R, Ralph Talia from Shield Hero, oh. John Arc Alter. Of um, course. I'm guessing that's a fate. That's like everyone's. Uh, Artoria Lancer, I think that's also fate. And Yikes, our beloved okay. eggplant, Mash. Mashed potatoes! Oh, Everyone's wife. Okay. Are like three of these all fake characters? I take it. Um, yep. <laughs> I have one husband though, and that's Caster Gilgamesh. Really? Archer Gil. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, screw um, Archer Gil because that guy is absolutely trash, but really, Caster Gilgamesh, huh? Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. It's interesting. So it's mostly dominated by fake characters, except for like one shield hero character. Oh well, of course it'd be shield hero because you're shield bro. Kevin, the name. Yeah, Next up we have yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pumiria, who says Hollow from Spice and Wolf, and Raftalia are mine. So two slightly animal hybrids. So he has a um, fox and a raccoon. <laughs> wait, is Hollow not a wolf? Because it's a spice. Oh wait, and wolf? Uh, sorry, a wolf. Yeah. <laughs> A wolf. Yeah, she's a wolf. I, I, I didn't say fox. Show, but uh, editor, scrub that. Wait, I'm the <laughs> editor. Scrub, Shit, well, you're the editor. Oh, <laughs> uh, and last up from Mal, we have Shinobu, the vampire lolly from the uh, Gatari uh, series. Of course. Rikura Rika from Higurashi. Really? Huh. And then last or lollies. <laughs> uh, so just lollies in general. Lollies in general. Okay. <laughs> okay, we have to have one. <laughs> <laughs> we have to have one person at least. Chris Hansen? No, yep. Over uh, there, man. I won't tell. I won't tell. <laughs> I, I won't say anything. <laughs> so. Uh, and I believe that's it. That was tiring. How about you, Joseph? You give me a break for a while and talk about yours for a bit. <laughs> Goodness. Sorry about that. All right. Um, well, let's go off with a cheat answer first. Uh, I definitely have to say Gorgon from Fate Grand Order. Uh -huh. Gigantic waifu with ginormous tracts of land. She is super hot, super beautiful, and if you play the Fake Grand Order game, her her evolution of her bond basically goes from like I hate you to like my hair likes you to you know, you made a mistake by summoning me, but you know what? I'll kill you softly. It's like that's mm, go on. <laughs> also she uh, still is like gigantic even after you summon her she's not as big but she's still like two times <laughs> the size of a normal human so it's like I could just fall asleep in her hair and it'd just be such a pleasant experience hmm. mm. uh, after that uh, we got a character that I should probably be obvious uh, Megumi 
Tato Koro from uh, Shokugeki no Soma. That God, she is such a housewife character. She Everything about her is like stay-at-home mom, like perfect you know, cook, does the dishes, and she's like timid, and, and everything about her is just like loving and caring, and ah, she's like a character that would just heal you by, she actually could heal you by kissing your boo-boos. Like, that's her magic. Uh, it's mm, Megumi mm. magic for you. Mm. And her food would just, you know, it'd give you food gasms. Yeah. yeah. I suppose that's a real big selling trait in a partner is, like, for me in general, would be, like, they have to like food. <laughs> I like cooking. They like cooking, you know. And we all know for people from, from Soma are able to cook things that are just out of this world. Mm-hmm. They cause hallucinations and shit, so, you know. Plus, I like Megumi's... All of her foodgasms don't ever get, like, a reaction from, like, Soma, where, like, the foodgasms could be, like, them actually orgasming. And Megumi's foodgasms always induce, like, people in, like, a, like, I'm in a calm, warm, soft place. There's a little girl who's feeding me food, and it's, I'm happy. I'm just like Mm -hmm. a child again. And it's like, yes, I want that again. Give me my childhood back. Uh, except for that one time where she was fighting against Kurokiba and her, her shrimp became like a stand from Jojo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. that. Awesome. Yeah, she that can great. pull those punches every now and then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And all the way as a character I have in the past proclaimed as a, uh, a waifu-esque character, Natsumi Becky from No Rin. This is a more oh. of a mature character. Oh, this is the teacher, right? This is the. This is the teacher. Character. She's forty years old. Um, I believe she's still a virgin, and she is super like, I want someone to fuck me hard, like right now, like you. You will do. You're you student right there. I will strip down naked, pour oil over my body, just take me. And it's just, huh. she like is like this cutesy girl like just puts on this like facade of like haha becky chan is kawaii desu but then like below that beneath that it's just like i want someone to like grip me by the neck while they rip me asunder and it's like "Mm." Mm. i'm gonna have to be gone for a few hours (laughs) trope of uh the undateable character who suddenly, once they become 30 in Japan, just suddenly is unable to find a person that they consider just she's, not... She's so fucking dateable. adorable, too. Like, at one point, she's being interviewed, and she, like, says something smart, and then she, like, pats her own head. She's like, wow, Becky's super smart. And it's like, oh, <laughs> wow. so good. Uh, that's that's also, like, it's, it's probably adorable, but it's also kind of sad that she has to give herself that encouragement to move forward. It really does speak to some level of, like, she might be mentally distressed if I was, if I was to play a psychologist. Oh, she most certainly is, because at one point she talks to her students about how, like, she stood in front of a mirror and poured, poured oil over her body and took a picture of it, and then she, like, realized, like, wait a second, I'm a 40-year-old woman doing this. What am oh, I doing? No. Why she am I doing this? And shit. Oh man! And she got super but depressed got... about it, but it was just like I, I just want to be like, no, no, don't be super depressed. It's okay. Yeah. The bedroom's it's that way. It's not just that a pity, though, is it? Hmm. 
Any who's else? Yeah, anyways. <laughs> hey, anyways, I definitely silence. don't want her yeah. to rape me. I mean, uh, let's move on. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, um, how about, how about you, your waifus you, um, and husbandos? Do you have any? any... Yeah, yeah, fair, fair enough. Uh, well, uh, first off, ground rules. So, might as well be characters like when I'm defining, if I'm qualifying what I mean by waifu, I suppose it would be people who have traits that I would consider dateable materials, similar to you. Uh, also, I'm gonna just flat out say, because I said it before the podcast, that I'm disqualifying really obvious picks, so I will not be choosing Speedwagon um, as best waifu, because, you know, that's kind of obvious, so I'm, I'm gonna try and choose ones and think outside the box. So no Speedwagon allowed, or Dio Brando. Uh, my first pick, I suppose, for practical purposes, I'd say, would be Momose Narumi from Life Love is Hard for an Otaku, uh, or Wotakoi. Uh, because it's probably one of the more realistic applications as for somebody who is, I suppose, uh, dateable material from anime in general. Because, you know, that takes, takes place in a real world where, um, you know, people are office workers and such. But she's into the same stuff as you. So, you know, I had to go with one where somebody is also into otaku stuff. And, you know, for some people, Kuroneko probably fits the bill. Uh, but I went for someone a little bit more mature and a little bit more realistically sort of depicted. But besides that, she has a nice quirky personality. She's able to still kind of play it, you know, fairly, fairly normal and unlike uh, embarrassing in, in in public. But is also able to still kind of hold her own in any kind of otaku-based sort of uh, geeky conversation too. So I can imagine, uh, you know, her being a very interesting and you know partner to have. Uh, next up for me would be uh, it's a more of an obvious one for me at least personally would be from one of my favorite anime, which was. Steins Gate. I would go for Makise Kurisu from Steins Gate. She is, you know, super intelligent. She has, like, a hint of Sundere to her personality. Um, and similar to Ryo, I also actually kind of like Sundere characters as well. Anyway. Um, she can hold her own in any conversation. Uh, I, I already said that she's super smart. But, you know, and what else really else do you need beyond that, you know? Because the biggest thing is that she's also probably... You can probably get a lot... Oh, she's also into geeky stuff as well. So, you know, basically a win-win. There's there's nothing to uh, lose there. What's Andrew into NTR confirmed? What's NTR? Does anybody know what NTR is? Uh, that is uh, basically cucking. Why would I be into... How is that confirmed? <laughs> I... I'm just going to move on. My next pick <laughs> is uh, Senjo Kahara from Bakimonogatari. Which, you know, another, it, it would kind of be a mess to not go for what is typically the atypical Waifu Wars anime. And I do believe that Araragi, the protagonist of that anime, went with the best choice. Uh, she has also got a bit of a Sundari trait to her. You might be noticing a slight pattern with my picks in general. Uh, we can go more into why I, I typically are more attracted towards Sundari based characters. But that's a story for another time. Um, yeah, no, similar to basically everybody from the Monogatari series, able to hold a conversation, very assertive, able to kind of like, you know, direct and yeah, honestly, just kind of just, you know, there's also like, she's also quite cute as well, I suppose, whether she has the short haircut or the long haircut too, just the scene where they go dating and they, they drive to a place to look at the stars and stuff. That's quite a romantic way to spend the evening as well. So I like her idea of a date, but yeah, I don't know where they got the the Netoari thing from. Uh, anyways, that's my free picks for now. It's pretty hard when it comes to anime because anime in general has a lot of, uh, you know, 
appealing picks to choose from, but those probably the ones that come to mind at the moment, for me at least. Um, yeah. That was awkward. I don't usually get so personal during uh, talks like this, but I took the waifu and uh, husbando thing a bit more seriously than I probably should have. So, there you go. <laughs> Reaches for whiskey. <laughs> Alright, well then we can uh, get into our industry news here. That's a good meme you just posted there. <laughs> I mean, that's what everybody thought when they saw this character. Is, like, is this like Rem and Ram's like long lost third sibling, Rom, or something? <laughs> Rom, Rom, yeah. Uh... I, I thought that everybody thought it. Just come on. Anyways, sorry. News. Yes, news. Industry news. Um, you got two. I got one. So why don't you sandwich me, bro? Okay, I will. Something, you. Uh, <laughs> Vic Mignana, I'm sure you guys are not fucking tired of me talking about the subject, but just to keep you topped up in case you are uh, our, our, our first day for some, uh, a little bit more of a top up on the news in regards to that, Vic Mignana's appeal is moving forward. So basically there was, you know, after he, you know, almost anticlimactically lost his uh, his case on all accounts against the defendants Funimation, Jeremy Marchi, Ron Toye, and Monica Rial. It was no secret that he was moving forward and planned to make an appeal to try and get some of them through again, right? Um, since then, the defendants had filed for a dismissal of his appeal um, on various grounds, including that it was an untimely filed appeal. Uh, but since then, an update I have for you guys today is that... The appeal, well, the appeal is going forward, and that the motion to dismiss his appeal has been rejected. So, mm-hmm. um, this doesn't mean that any of the cases are brought back straight into it now, but it means that this will be going forward to the appeals court, base the appeals court, basically. Um, to this day, again, the top date at the moment, nobody has managed to still substantiate. Almost twelve months in now, any of the claims against him. Don't know how many times I need to say it um this this article goes on to claim like you know a lot of it a lot of the kick fix ire against him has been fueled by uh his christian background and while that is also the case it's also partially seems to be fueled by jealousy from what i can tell from the depositions um but in spite of this fix's uh, support has been going strong he still has over a quarter of a million in terms of funding which just goes to show, not just in money, but monetary amount, but just the amount of support he still has and how many people don't really buy it. So, you know, score one for him and that. And uh, yeah, I'm personally, if it wasn't obvious already, hoping for an upset victory and for this to make a comeback. It also will fuel me for a bunch more new segments to come next year, I'm sure. So, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Appeals going forward. We'll, we'll see what's going to happen if any of the cases get brought back. Mm. Hopefully he has a he gets a better lawyer and a judge who isn't trying to be reelected this time. Same lawyer and same judge. So ah. I'm confirm those two for you. Well, hopefully the <laughs> I, lawyer isn't fuck things up this time. I I just wouldn't. My only recommendation is just to not take to take what you hear from what um perhaps anime news network says about his lawyer and such with a grain of salt 
because some people might be against some of the ways in which his lawyers have operated, but there have been some good moves they've made as well, especially in the advent of uh, Vic's loss. Oh, no, no. I think he, like, did a pretty good job, but then, like, there was that Mm -hmm. one major thing where he fucked up big time where, what was it? Yeah, the notary. It was the notary notary thing. It was just like, how, like, you were doing so well. You didn't basically have to do anything. And then you Mm -hmm. gave them the world by that notary thing. You basically fucked yourselves over majorly. But the important thing I suppose to note from that, (laughs) to note from the notary, (laughs) is that, you know, People, people on Reddit, people who were more pro kickfix side, were saying like, "Oh, he's gonna get reprimanded, and he's gonna get sanctioned himself. He's gonna get like, he's gonna lose his bar license, you know, and stuff." But nothing really came of that, and a lot of the evidence that he was submitting has been sustained to be used for the appeals anyway. So, you know, it was a hiccup. I'm not gonna say it wasn't, but I will probably still argue that not a lot came of it. So that's worth noting too. Hmm. But yeah. Uh, and it, it seems that the gloves are coming off because originally it seemed like, in my opinion, he was being too polite to his opponents. Uh, since then, he like the, the the lawyers that are working for Vic have been very like you know a lot more aggressive and a lot more like you know we're not going to be so accommodating anymore. So kick gloves have come off now. They've been a lot less civil, and both sides are going to just be at each other's throats, mm. which you know if anything makes for int- <laughs> entertaining news at the very least. So. Oh, of course. All right. But well, speaking of entertaining uh, news, yes, what about indeed, your indeed, there. Someone caused me a segue. Throw me the segue. All right. Mm. So, um, we all know about uh, anime tourists, or as they are often called, anime pilgrims. Uh-huh. Uh huh. In Japan, there are many uh, sites that are claim- proclaimed to be uh, famous tourism locations for anime fans. Uh, animes that are based upon those sites or are featured heavily in certain animes. Well, uh, the city of uh, Numazu uh, in the Shizuoka prefecture has experienced a boom in visitors since the release of Love Live Sunshine since uh, 2015. According to the chief tourism strategist, the town has received 4 million yearly visitors around the time it was released, a number which increased by 600,000 two years later. The Tourism Information Center, close to the anime locations, receives 13 times the number of visitors from previous years. And you might think that's great. I mean, they're getting more money, they're getting more attention. This is, you know, Japan's always about that tourism. They're always about, like, come visit this place here. We got fish. And we got a, a, a mascot who's for our fish. Look at her. She's cute. <laughs> you want to come visit? We'll give you a sticker. Well, unfortunately, there is a downside to tourism. Oh. And according to some locals, it's basically the disturbances caused by these tourists. So, uh, for instance, real-life middle school that was the inspiration for the school in Love Live is now on notice all the time. There's a sign right on its front gates in both English and Japanese telling visitors that the only people who are allowed to visit the school are those who are related to the students. <laughs> that makes sense. Makes sense. So you don't you don't just some you know, you know some weird otaku wandering into your school like, 
Wow, look at this. It's the love life place, and this is the changing room. Oh, sorry that, about oh, that. <laughs> that is an arrestable offense, and I didn't condone any of those actions. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, apparently, according to the school, Zealous fans have entered the grounds without permission and taken photos that happen to capture uh, students in them every now and no. then. Because oh, of that, no. the school has had to put out a notice to avoid the above trouble. And even uh, food store owners nearby have also commented that the swarm of visitors they received after their stores depicted in the anime hasn't always been positive. Yes, they are earning more money, but the fans can't stop their cars and even take up parking spaces of stores next door. There's also even been vandalism of the Love Live Sunshine series where I've talked about before manhole covers in Uzamazu last year promoting the city or prompting the city to pull the covers after they were I think they were spray painted uh, they have since been reinstalled with security cameras in place which you think would have happened in the first place but probably mm-hmm. nonetheless they are now watched all the time so if someone vandalizes them, they are caught. Right. However, while there has been a lot of negativity to the tourism, it is kind of offset by the positivity. The economic boom that these places face is, in fact, very positive. People spend a lot of money, not only on hotels, on restaurants, on uh Pilgrim sites in general, which can feature shrines, um, tourism locations that are legitimate, and do expect that kind of uh, publicity. So you gotta take the good with the bad in these situations, and right. yeah, mm-hmm. it uh, it's kind of just expected, honestly. While yes, it is, yeah. it's a newer type of tourists. Like for instance, in America, in North America, specifically New York State, we got. Uh, I believe, I forget what they're called. They're called like um, fallers or, or f- uh, something basically to deal with the fact that during the changing time of year when it hits fall around New York State, we have beautiful, beautiful changing, um, changing leaf trees around here where the leaves change these absolutely gorgeous from green to orange to red to mahogany to all sorts of different colors out there and we get these people that travel from all across america and from different countries to just see those trees change and Mm. you think that's great you know people are just looking at trees but there's a lot of garbage that gets left out in public parks then there's a lot more disturbances where people are entering areas of parks that are cordoned off they're like this is a sanctioned area don't enter it because it's got endangered species in it but they're entering it anyways and they're trampling over plants that could potentially be endangered stuff like that so right it's all around the world people have expected that kind of thing before but otakus are a new problem and right. anime based upon real life locations is creating those issues. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you got to take the good with the bad. You know, it's not have it, bringing in tourism is not a blank check. So you got to be prepared for that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah. 
absolutely. So, you know, uh, at, uh, I guess uh, you, uh, you have to go places to see things. But speaking of going places oh, we're going and places. doing things... Oh, and we're going to be doing stuffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, of the next news article. Thanks for the transition there. Um, hmm. This one, you know, it's nice to every now and then do like a mini preview in the news form about anime that's going to be coming out. This one I, I chose specifically with Joseph in mind, but, you know, he might surprise me and say that it's actually not really his thing in a bit, actually. Which is when I heard him, because I knew that like, you had a thing for maybe like Monster Girls and stuff in general. But I there's do gonna be an Yep. But there's going to be a new anime coming out next year called Interspecies Reviewers, which has released with a new trailer. Now, the concept behind the show, actually, no, beforehand, this actually started off as a Dragon Comics Age, Dragon Comics Age, that got picked up by Kadokawa as a popular manga, and is now being, going to become an anime. It's pitched out to come out in January 2020, um, and the trailer features the whole concept itself. So, the, te- the, the two-minute trailer teases about a swordsman called Stunk, what a name, and an elf archer called Zell, taking down mm-hmm. a demon who's attacking a fallen angel from heaven. While the angel thinks that they're, uh, she's in safe company with the duel, they soon find out that the two adventurers go on to whorehouses and bang as many different monster girls as they can. Yeah, that went places very quickly. So, um, She's very surprised by that fact, and it's just like, what, what, what are we doing, sort of thing. And so the idea of this series is to basically, what it says in the tin, they basically go and sample... All these different sort of uh, uh, risque locations that feature all these different types of monster girls, including from what the trailer has to offer, uh, slime girls, cow girls. Um, I can't remember anything else off the top of my head, but you know, for those who may be into you know those sorts of um, words are failing me right now. Maybe because of the content itself. Um, but yes, I think it's because... I thought I read somewhere else. It's because the two, the pair of guys, the two heroes, are trying to write a fantasy novel of their own. And so they're reviewing these locations to try and get inspiration for their novel writing. I could be wrong, but I think I read that somewhere. Um, but yeah, it's an I edgy think show. that's not too that. far off. They do do reviews. Like, at the end in uh, the manga, there's always, like, reviews that come out based upon these monster girls that they hit up right okay so whether this is peak degeneracy for some i'm sure this is going to definitely not go unnoticed by certain parties of the internet not naming names um it might also be up some people's alley i i have no idea but it's it's definitely eye-catching for being something that's uh uh unapologetic shall we say in terms of its <laughs> fast service content but more on that in terms of joseph because um I, I i was going to i thought this might be the first time you heard of it but you seem to already be familiar with the genre or this this series uh, the, the title yeah. yes i have heard of it um because uh, it has been recommended to me by amazon every now and then and so i right. was like you know what i'll give it a shot i'll see what we got here and basically right. it is just a skin deep kind of like uh, how to put it so the guys are there and they're at least in the manga they're kind of just like hanging around a bar and they're just like 
Like, I'm gonna, you know, like, I'm into these girls, or I'm into these girls. Uh, like, these girls are the best. Like, and here's the reasons why. Like, oh, you, you know what you're talking about. These girls are the best. This is why. And then they kind of get into a fight, and then they put out a review of why those girls, what those girls are. So it's just like, oh, cat girls, or uh, uh, lamias, or something like that. And they talk about, like, how they feel, and each different guy has a different reaction. Um... The angel does join them on their uh, path to debauchery. And in the manga, at least, the angel's a boy. Oh, he's a very effeminate boy, but he's still a boy. I wonder if that's true for the anime, too. I couldn't tell. I'm to not fair. certain, but I know in it the manga... Like girl, but, yeah. it, it does look like a girl, and even in the manga he looks like a girl, but he is in a very effeminate boy. Because he's a fallen angel, right. and angels can be very feminine, even if they're guys. So, hmm. we'll we'll see what happens. Um, I I'll give it a shot, but I am worried, at least from what I've seen in like the previews, that it is going to be censored. Like, there's going to be censorship to it. So. Right. If there's censorship, I can't, I can't do it. Especially if it's an anime that is basically softcore hentai. It's basically like Monster Musume, but we fuck all the characters instead of just messing around with them. Right. Okay. So yeah. Right. So are you gonna are you gonna give it a shot? Sorry, move. I'll give it a shot, but I'm saying right now I feel heavily that it's gonna be censored, and I will just drop it. Right, so you're not very optimistic about it, but yes, right. the premise is like a cash, a cash in on like the hey guys, look it, it's Monster Girls. You like Monster Girls, don't you? You want to put your pee pee in them? Well, we we did we did the anime. You guys want to see that? Oh, that's cool. You want to see uncensored? Give us my money, bitch. <laughs> Because I know the Blu-rays will be uncensored. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, dokie. So, yeah, there's that. Look forward to that in January 2020. Already, we're going to be starting the next year with a bang. Ha-ha. <laughs> ha Right. I'm sorry. I had to. <laughs> it's okay. Well, speaking of things we have to do... <laughs> yes, do. Not bad. We we got our reviews we have to do. Yes. That was seamless. Hmm. Uh, if the, if the seams weren't falling apart maybe. Yeah. Very specific type. So, what you got for us today? What's your serving? All right, well, it is no state secret that I have a interest in adopting a child, specifically a daughter, as I have no interest in uh, creating my own offspring, and I feel that there are more than enough children out there who don't have any parents themselves. In Bioshock 2, I love the mechanic of picking up a little sister and putting her on your back. In Skyrim, I would always adopt the two flower-selling children because they are so cute. And now, with Uchi Musume, I want to adopt a little girl with horns. 
Mm. Sir, such a thing might not actually be possible, but it does give me some ideas for a Halloween costume. Uh, I've heard that anime often gets people to do things. Inspires them, you might say, and Uchi Musume most certainly was aiming for getting people hyped for having a kid of their own. Perhaps not actually having one, but at least adopting one. A subtle advertisement I could definitely see Japan trying to broadcast, considering its aging population. In this world, our father figure is an adventurer named Dale. An 18-year-old who lives paycheck to paycheck using his magic and sword skills in killing monsters. During one particular quest, Dale encounters a young and starving devil girl. His first reaction after feeding her is to leave, but is stopped by the devil girl who doesn't want to be alone anymore. Turns out her father, or at least her guardian, died. So Dale, not being a heartless monster, gives her dead parent a proper burial and takes the girl home with him. At first, Dale does the responsible thing and sees if the couple who own the tavern he stays at can find out anything about the girl, who introduces herself as Latina. But even seeing how Latina has a broken horn, the sign of a criminal in the land of the devils, they are unable to find out anything about her. And that is something that becomes somewhat of a running theme in this anime. As both Latina and Dale have backstories that seem to indicate they are way more than meets the eye. Dale himself may be very well what one might consider a hero. He mentions later on that he has blessings of a certain god, a subject brought up when Latina reveals that her expulsion from the Devil Land came after a god revealed something about her. My guess? She was going to end up as a new demon lord or something, a powerful one at that, or perhaps someone who kills a demon lord. In either case, Dale begins his life as a single father, and Latina begins hers as a cute daughter who everyone likes. I was worried when it sounded like devil kind are not trusted among other races, but this worry was for naught as we see that almost everyone in town loves Latina and devils are shown to have been accepted into other places in society. Life is simple and calming. As Latina learns to speak the common human language, works hard at being cute little waitress for the tavern, and makes friends for its school. However, not everything is peaches and cream. As a rather religiously zealot, zealotless teacher slashes out against Latina for being a devil, this deeply scars Latina, enough for her to snap off her other horn, and gives Dale a chance to show more of his hand. As not only does Dale bury that teacher who dare harm his daughter, revealing that he has political connections that can easily make a temple fear threatened, but he also connects more deeply with Latina as a father figure. Though for Latina, this might have been a turning point in her seeing Dale as less of a dad and more of a daddy. It should catch my drift. I catch your drift. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Latina perceives her perspective on Dale seems to be more or less a potential love interest. 
becoming jealous when other women hang around Dale, and even becoming worried her chest won't grow any larger as she recalls her mother was flat as a board. Dale, of uh. course, just sees her as super adorable adoptive daughter. And there's really not any progression in this thread. But considering the topics that are brought up, like Latina's age and how she will age differently than a human, I wonder how Dale will respond to Latina if she ever confessed her feelings. He himself is rather young, but because of the training he underwent and the mindset he put himself in, his actions can be far more mature than those around him. Eventually, Dale and Latina go on a bit of a trip back to his hometown, visiting the grave of Latina's previous father for a heartfelt moment, meeting a devil who gives us a bit more insight on society within the devil territory, and showing that Latina is easily able to befriend magical beasts that normally are killed when they get too close to civilization. The trip ends after Dale's brother gets married, revealing a bit more about how Dale was supposed to be the next in line to lead the little commune. All in all, the anime rounds things out as the couple running the tavern have a child of their own, and a couple of the more annoying characters make an appearance in town. Honestly, the child of the furry couple can fall down a well for all I care. What an annoying character. Oofy. But the setup for a second season was fairly obvious, and given the mysterious nature behind our two main leads, I would hope to see some focus is put towards revealing more about them. Uh, Animation-wise, fresh-faced without any other anime to their name, Studio Maho Film provided the production on this series. Honestly, for their first foray into animation world, this was a pretty average product. Nothing about it really separated it from anything else. And you'd think they'd want to put their best foot forward when it came to this. Makes me uh -huh. wonder if they'd be given the opportunity to work on a second season. Huh. And I have to say this. Dale's voice actor, Nobuhiko Okamoto, who you might recognize as Ryo from Shokugeki no Soma and Accelerator from A Certain Magical Index, killed oh. it. Oh, and nice. I don't mean in a good sense. Oh. As I find Accelerator's high-pitched screech of a voice to be super grating. And oh boy, does Dale like to sing. Or better yet, oh, no. yell Latina's praises. Oh, Ow, my poor ears. Uh-oh. And yeah. as for a favorite character, yeah, I don't got nothing. I would have liked to have had a favorite, but due to my lack, or due to the lack of backstory on Dale and Latina, their current characters merely feel like facades they are wearing. And oh. everyone else, more or less, didn't grow. They, had, they were background noise, filler. And even the supporting characters didn't see much growth. So, yeah. Wow. However... That said, okay. altogether, Uchi Musume gets a saltine crackers. Oh, cool. Survive. It just it, it gets the bare minimum. It gets the, mm. the crackers you eat when you're sick and you're not feeling like you can eat anything else. You suck down some saltines because saltines have a somehow have a way of sucking out the poison within you. 
Very good. Hopefully it would uh, cure my liver of its constant abuse. Hmm. Well, speaking Ooh. of abusing yourself... Oh, yeah? Oh, let's... Yeah, there's plenty of that uh, to go around. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know how that transitions to yours. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know really how it does either, but, you know, it's fine. We'll, we'll work with it. Speaking of not abusing a... yourself... <laughs> ah! There we go. Straight we into go. it. Back on track. Back on top, man. Let me just take another <laughs> swig of this. Uh, good stuff. Like here. you're on the top of a mountain, huh? Mm -hmm. Eh? Yeah, I got myself, uh, I think I talked about it yesterday during our crossover, some uh, monkey shoulder. So I'm drinking some more whiskey today. Um, some scotch. Well, speaking of shoulders, pursued. your characters have some. They do. Oh my god, that's amazing. How'd you know? <laughs> so, and they are descended from monkeys. We huh? are huh? apes, technically. I know. I'm going to be pedantic and say apes, but you know. There you go. It all ties together. Mind blown. Mind blown, indeed. Amazing what you can learn while being on an anime podcast. But <laughs> okay, so let me try and read this because my my vision is going blurry because of the alcohols. Um, oh boy. Some might have been surprised to find that today's anime, Eurocamp or Laid Back Camp, made my top five list last year, especially with how critical I tend to be of Moe shows. Those shows, those types of anime that feature an all-female cast with cutesy designs, complete uh, with the whole comedy slice of life in the genre tag. Well, I'm just as surprised as anybody else would be that with my rewatch later that I had this year, I feel much the same way about it as I did back then, juxtaposed with last week's Osama game, is an anime that I'm unironically glad that I watched. So, the premise is this. Well, it's pretty much the same as the title itself, but it starts off with a hardcore solo camper called Shima Rin, who enjoys camping particularly in the winters for the peace and quiet, among other things it offers. Still, what would have been a normal laid-back season of camping for, uh, again, is interrupted when she meets, stumbles upon, well, it's not really meets, stumbles upon the show's other pink-haired main character called Kamihara, Kagamihara Naleshko, who ends up stranded in the wilderness late at night due to her own stupidity and takes refuge at Rin's camp. It is in this same evening that Naleshko is exposed to the enjoyment of sitting around a campfire at night with some curry noodles, and Rin equally experiences what it's like to camp with another person for the first time. To top it off, the duo are treated to a very tranquil, moonlit view of Mount Fuji at night, before Nadeshko is picked up by her sister, and the two exchange numbers, agreeing to properly camp together sometime in the future. Nadeshko, being a- wait, what's that? Wait, this series wasn't reviewed yet? No, 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 no. Uh, Shield Bro, I haven't reviewed this anime yet. I've talked about it. Um, I put it in my top list, but I didn't actually get around to reviewing it, so. Sorry. No. It's happening now. It's happening now. <laughs> N one year later. <laughs> Nadeshko, being a transfer student to the same school as Rin, attends uh, and joins the outdoor club, which introduces her to the two other main characters of camping enthusiasts, further kindling her interest in the hobby. 
So the 12 episodes of the season feature these characters later joined by another of Rin's friends and a drunken club advisor teacher going on several camping trips to various types of locations. Sometimes in remote locations on high up hills, sometimes upon uh, open fields, at other times by heavily wooded areas and lakes. These different trips with various numbers of attendees come with varied activities, uh, landmark locations to visit, and of course, foods to sample and eat. Along the way, you'll get various guides on common practices and tips and tricks for camping, the types of equipment available to you, along with prices and recipes for some of the dishes prepared during the show. That's pretty much the TLDR of Eurocamp, but what is it that just makes the show click for me in particular. Now, one thing has to be the way the show tackles its subject matter of camping. Now, I've only been camping myself a handful of times, so it's not as though I'm particularly, like, I have an affinity for the activity itself, but this show really tries to present the activity through the lens of someone who really gets the appeal of the hobby on multiple levels. I have said in previous shows that a good anime, if done well, can really make the most mundane thing really interesting if done right, and Eurocamp is one of those shows where it contagiously manages to make one appreciate the little pleasures in life. On too many occasions, Moe shows have a hook or central activity that they are supposed to be about, but I get the sense that the creator's hearts weren't really in it when it came down to it and the subject matter was just a base to feature cutesy Moe character moments. Now, I'm secure enough to admit that I don't actually mind Moe moments and designs, but I prefer shows that I consume to be balanced in some way. Hmm. The negatives of the genre in general is that they are typically uneventful, lack any punch with the humour, settling only to be cutesy as a punchline, and generally have uncreative archetypical characters. Now what's interesting about Eurocamp is that it does not subvert any of these three things in any significant way and still manages to succeed because it's of its tone largely built upon its writing. Like I said, um, or was mentioning earlier, usually um, these types of shows feel lopsided with um, everything just being used to support the Moe, but in Eurocamp, the Moe characters and their colourful personalities are actually used to inject some life into what would otherwise be dull tutorial scenes. So there's like this bored sounding, for, in for example, there's like this bored sounding narrator guy who uh, explains different things about like the camping equipment that everyone's going to be using. Um, and what adds to the charm of the show is like there's a part where, for example, he's describing like the tents that are available on the market and he goes on about like talking about the types of tents and he says like, you know, these free hanging tents are easier to set up than others. And then a character actually reacts, like breaks the fourth wall and reacts to the narrator and goes like, wow. And then the narrator like follows up to say, but these tents are a lot more expensive than normal ones. And then the character just like face palms and goes, oh. So, I'm probably probably describing it here, probably because of the, the whiskey. Um, but the show has these sorts of things throughout it, and it creates a tone that is light, and at the very least, very hard to hate. Going by the laid back in the show's title, the humour with the dialogue is often very, ti uh, very understated and quirky. Sometimes random, but not in an over-the-top and obnoxious way. 
I think this really goes hand in hand with how the anime really tries to communicate the somber and atmospheric feel of camping out there, sometimes on your own and sometimes with company. Not too afraid to go a few minutes without much dialogue or just immerse yourself in the outdoors. And that's quite refreshing in a climate of anime where a lot of anime these days tries to be very flashy and vying for your attention because there's so much competition out there. What seals the deal for me though is the charming presentation with varied and admittedly cute designs alongside detailed and attractive scenic background art. The animation, while not mind-blowing, is still energetic when it needs to be, especially when it's trying to convey how delicious the food, and I think it's pretty established at this point that food just looks really good in anime in general, uh, coupled with a very fitting and relaxing soundtrack, a catchy opening that is contrasted with a very soothing ED, and you have yourself a nicely presented Moe show that's miles better than what I typically expect. And I just want to emphasize just how unexpected this is, given that this was by a studio that I've never heard of until this point, called Sea uh, Station, who up till now had seemed to carve a little niche for themselves, making like male idol shows, from the looks of it. So it's well done to see them try something that's a little bit different from their comfort zone, and uh, yeah, it really lands, and that's exemplified by the fact that they're actually getting a movie for this anime next year, which I don't know how that's going to turn out, because how can you make a movie out of camping? Well, we'll find out, I guess, but, you know. Here's, on a side note, here is a minor drinking game, and as I take a drink of my whiskey, give me a second. Oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> anyway, um, oh. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm flying right now. Um, uh, right, take a drink, Anytime Mount Fuji is in this anime, Mount Fuji is in this anime a lot. So whenever they saw Mount Fuji, take a drink. Whenever a character takes a selfie and sends it to another character, take a drink. Whenever a character falls asleep in some random location where they're not supposed to fall asleep, take a drink. Um, and let's say this one more. Whenever a banjo plays while a character is enjoying food, take a drink. So there you go. Maybe there could be more, but there you go. Honestly, I don't need a game to drink in general, but that's just me. Now, overall, I can imagine that probably most people listening to this podcast right now will already know if this is a show for them. And I highly doubt people who aren't into Slice of Life already will be swayed, even with my glowing praise of the show. It's definitely the Marmite sort of deal, where you either like this sort of thing or you don't. But if this is a genre you don't mind, Eurocamp sits pretty high as one of the better entries this niche genre of cute girls doing cute things has to offer. And if nothing else, it at least earned a praise from one of AP's founding fathers, God rest his soul, Ichigo. So that probably counts for something. I mean, it also counts for something that in this age, um, like... It's an anime that for once, right, it managed to thaw my cold, bitter, black heart for just a moment every now and then, you know. Andrew hates everything, but, you know, I don't hate Eurocamp. That probably probably counts for something. Probably. I don't know. Like a warm campfire, it melted your icy heart. Absolutely. Like, for a moment. I went back to being bitter as soon as it stopped, but, you know. If you're looking for a nice warm show that fits in well with this time of year, it does end on a Christmas episode anyway. 
Then I suggest giving it a go and I award Eurocamp a glowing download now, which I don't think anybody would be really surprised with otherwise because of how much of a, you know, one-sided this review has been. Which is, you know, again, surprising. Uneventful, not a big plot, nothing to really hook you on, but it, it does what it does very effectively. So, I have no qualms of giving it a download now. So, there you go. Ah, uh, I still have some whiskey left. Well, I well, download now from Eurocamp. How long has it been since I've given a show a download now? You know, that's, that has to count for something. That does have to count for something. Boy, that mm -hmm. cork is really loud. Yep. And again, okay. each go liked it, so... It's not just that. your lair, Vikman Nanine. I don't know what lair means, Mal, but I think he meant to say you're late. <laughs> Wait, I'm late. For I what? posted the uh, because you talked about how you haven't seen the Hasbun Hotel or Hell of a Boss, which are the two uh. Uh, indie developed uh, pilot um, episodes to these things. Um, I posted them in chat, and then he was like, you're late, Joseph. And then I was like, it's for Andrew. And now he's saying, you're late. <laughs> oh, I am late. I'm always late. It's just this year that I started watching the Harry Potter movies, after all. And, like, they've been finished for a long time. And I'm like, what, Harry Potter? That's a thing. Shit. Isn't that I've something that everyone in Europe has to watch? Isn't that yeah, like that? basically. Isn't that, like, I... mandated... <laughs> mostly especially in the uk right i've only just started like watching them now i'm like oh this is interesting it's about wizards and shit so i'm very late on stuff <laughs> eventually i'll start watching breaking bad and stuff and then i'll be really caught up on stuff oh god um, yeah <laughs> but hey as sigwin said this is the really important point so sigwin listeners here said like just watching it inspired me to go out camping and enjoy the outdoors. That's the thing, right? That's the thing about a really good anime, is it can make you want to do something that you don't normally do. Like, Shokugeki might make you want to cook more, even if you're not really a chef, you know? And Eurocamp actually does make me interested to go camping again, because it really highlights the appeal of camping. So, you know... Or dumbbells makes you though, want to work out because you're a fat piece of shit. Oh, more on that later. I will be, <laughs> I will be reviewing that show. And it kind of does do that, actually. And never, never skip neck day. Neck day? No, no. Important, important day. Face day? You can skip face day every single day. Because it doesn't matter. Because you could have the body of Adonimus. But your face could be mm -hmm. just a normal protagonist. I appreciate that, Pumiria. He <laughs> says, no, no, Andrew. Like a wizard, you are where you need to be. Just where you need to be. You are never late. I like that perspective. Keep on going with that. But yeah. I don't know, that sounds like a Death Eater to me. Mm. Oh, I know what that is now! I know what a Death Eater is! Oh! Yes! yes. Those, are, those are things that suck your joy out of you, or something. Yes. What? I, I haven't watched the Goblet of Fire just yet. I, I've gotten up to Prisoner oh of Azkaban. We got, we got some work for you. Have you I seen guess. it all? Already? Uh, I have seen up to where... Um, Harry uh -huh. was starting to turn like more adult. What was it uh -huh. like? The Goblet of Fire was that the one where they get like, he, things? Yeah, I so did not the see the one he... where yeah. where um, Voldemort starts being like, "I'm gonna fight the school, yo," which was like a two part I... series. Oh, that's like Deathly Hallows. I think gets two movies. 
So yeah, I did not see that. And also, Shieldbro just pointed out, you were talking about Dementors. So, Dementors, oh. Death Eaters, not the same thing. They're not the same thing? Nope. Oh, shit. I was talking about those Grim Reaper motherfuckers. The, the clo- Those are Dementors. The things that Harry oh. Potter fears the most, apparently. So, Death Eaters are not Dementors. Gotcha. Nope. Gotcha. Right. You'll get to Death Eaters eventually. Dementors come first, though. Ah. Oh, okay. Cool. And that ends this Harry Potter-themed podcast. Yes, we'll Hogwarts our way out of here and uh, and uh, flick in a swish. Uh, uh, Wingardium Leviosa. It's, it's, you know, Joseph, it's Leviosa, not Leviosa. Leviosa. Stop it, Ron, stop. Go, Harry, you're the chosen uh, one. Ronald Weasley, it's Leviosa. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Anyways, sorry, Yes, guys. Uh, we have to Leviosa our way into the people we have to thank. Yeah. Which, I'm going to start us off with the people who are actually here. Black yes. Magic, Mal, Rampant AI, Shieldbro, Sig Sig Sigwinnin and there was also Mal for most of this podcast. The one that was like the tentatively Mal is still here. Yeah. Oh yes, the tentative one. He actually has his own unique like uh Discord title for that. The the tentative one. So special. Hmm. And then there's uh, our actual subscribers. Yes, the people who actually pay us money, which is uh, Zero Tag, Alg Zero, Shuji, V, Phantom, Tentatively Mel, and now introducing Rampant AI. Come on down. You're the next Welcome to the family, son. Exactly. Welcome to the yeah. family. And all of our anonymous sponsors as well. Of course. All the anonymous sponsors as well. They don't want to even be mentioned. Even the anonymous sponsors. When we say anonymous sponsors, they cringe like... Ooh, I wish you didn't didn't have to say that. They're so anonymous that they don't even listen to this show. (laughs) They just give us money. They're just like, please leave me alone. Leave me alone in my my living room, my toaster, my TV, my steel-belted radio. Just leave me alone. I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to. I don't understand Matt. why, but you know, Walter appreciates it. So, that. And I believe that does it for today's show. Yeah. And with that, timely as well. Yeah. And always, as always, keep watching, keep listening, and keep the anime love strong. Kisses, 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 such a or whatever she says. I can't. That's it.